You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, it's hour two on this Thursday. Dan and the Dan and Dan Patrick Show. We were just planning the Meat Friday menu. Sorry, Fritzy and McLovin and Seton. Yeah, so Paulie and I weren't sure. I was thinking lobster tomorrow. Lobster on Meat Friday? Yeah. I think some lobster sandwiches on the Traeger. Do we but... need some turf to go with the surf? Mm, we can do that. But yeah, we're planning the menu for tomorrow. You guys don't need to worry about it. Yes, Eaton. I just saw the other day somebody had um, like a lobster um, grilled cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you guys want to throw that on there. Well, you can do like mac and cheese with lobster thrown in there. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. That, that'd be tasty there. This is a grilled cheese sandwich Ooh. and they put lobster in it. Mm. Man, did it look good. Yeah, I'll let you know how it tastes tomorrow. Yes, good friend Paulie. <laughs> lobster rolls on the East Coast, traditionally for those out there, are either with hot butter, like warmed butter, and lobster meat, or a cold lobster roll with more like mayo, mm. tarragon, chives, and so forth. And which do you prefer, Dan? I like the warm. You do? Yeah, I like it warm. Some like it hot. Your I like local it warm. place is notorious for warm lobster rolls. Yes. Yeah, Seven Seas has some of the best lobster rolls. Did I ever tell you when my brother-in-law came to town, he would, he would come in the Connecticut area for business. And he said, uh, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Uh, maybe I'll stop by and we could have lunch. So we had lunch, and he had never had a lob- lobster roll there. So he said, this is unbelievable. So he got one, he got another one. The next day, he comes back to the restaurant at, for lunch. I don't know he's there. He doesn't even tell me because he doesn't want me to realize he's ordering two more lobster rolls. And I walk in because I was getting a, a salad from there. And I look over and he's in the corner by himself. I said, Matt. And he was, he was shocked and embarrassed. He's like, hey. I said, what are you doing? He goes, having lobster rolls? I said, okay. Like, I won't tell my sister you're having four lobster rolls in, in two days. I, get, and I busted him. So, Have uh, you ever heard the backstory of lobster as a food? Lobster was like junk food for workers, like workers on the East Coast who worked on ships and uh, ports and docks. And 100 years ago, lobster was the, um, like, gristle. It was junk. And then over the years, it's changed to be a high-end, expensive food. Hmm. But back in the day, it was not. But isn't there another food that was like that, that it started out as basically we're going to give this to people who had lower incomes, and then maybe it became a little bit more. I mean, the Italians with pasta, I, I don't think that that was something that cost a lot of money. And then, you know, we look at pasta now and you know, people pay, pay good money to go to Italian restaurants there. I thought that there was a food that was sort of a, here, we're going to give this to you lower on the totem pole than uh, people are a little bit higher on the totem pole. Yeah, Paul. There's an article in Bon Appetit magazine that lobsters were once fed to poor people and to prisoners. Wow. And it's changed over the past hundred years. I mentioned at the tail end of last hour about Ben Roethlisberger, a video out there of him throwing the football and he's trying to get his arm back in shape and, uh, then you had Jay Glazer sort of joking that Ben, you know, his workout session in the offseason is one yoga class, play some golf and drink some beer, which that sounds like my workout routine, but I'm not an NFL quarterback. I don't know. All right. Stay with me here on conspiracy. Mike Tomlin and Jay Glazer are good friends. Does Mike Tomlin say to Jay Glazer, hey, can you help me out here? Can you, can you maybe prod a little bit? Can you motivate Ben Roethlisberger here? I, I'm just guessing here because 
Tomlin talking to Jay Glazer, and Glazer probably said, hey, how's Ben doing? And, you know, Tomlin probably says, uh, playing a lot of golf and drinking beer. And Glazer probably had this Q&A with The Athletic, and he had these people ask questions about Ben, if he's 85% healthy, what do you think of the Steelers' chances? This might be a little motivation that Mike Tomlin is asking Jay Glazer to uh, do him a solid here and send it. Yes, McLovin. Doesn't Jay try to get everyone into his gym? Isn't that his it's thing? Like, he's not getting he's probably... Ben. He's not, Ben's not going into the dojo. He's not. If he is, it'd be to pick up somebody. He's not going to stay. Remember when Seton uh, had his trip to the dojo? That didn't yeah. end well. Yeah. Glazer gets people in there and he works them out. You know, he gets great results and there's a lot of athletes who go in there. But no, Ben Ben is not. Ben's got one more year, right? He's Is he 38? Yeah, he just turned 38 two months ago. Who else? The Steelers got Mason Rudolph and Duck Devlin, right? Man, that's not, you're not set up for the future. Why is it that the Steelers aren't set up for the future, but the Packers are set up for the future? I got Rodgers, who still plays at a pretty high level. And they draft Jordan Love, who's not going to be ready. Here's another thing. Source told me this yesterday. We were talking about Jordan Love. He said, if you're not ready to play for at least two years at the quarterbacking position, you're not a first-round draft pick. Not in today's NFL. You're not a first-round draft pick. How many quarterbacks are drafted and they have... Understand this. Jordan Love is supposed to be maybe a watered-down version of Patrick Mahomes. Maybe. Or his style is like Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes sat for one year behind a Pro Bowl quarterback who led them to the playoffs in Alex Smith, and he became the starter. They traded Alex Smith. And we looked at Patrick Mahomes and said, maybe he's a little rough around the edges. Maybe it's going to take him a little time. You know, he's got some uh, bad tendencies here. Got a great arm. He's athletic. He's smart. That took one year. Now you're telling me that Jordan Love is going to take two to three years? That's not a first-round quarterback. Not. Jalen Hurts is ready to play now more than Jordan Love is, in my opinion. Yeah, Paul. It's true, but I, I just went back and looked at a bunch of uh, draft profiles and negative draft uh, comments on Patrick Mahomes when he selected, and the word project is used. He's a great prospect. He has great uh, throwing ability, but he has never played in an NFL system. There's a lot of uh, good future quarterback possibility stuff with Mahomes. Well, I think that's where, and obviously Andy Reid knows quarterbacks, and Andy saw something and said, I can make that work. I don't know how many other teams. Now, this is where you get revisionist history. Hey, we had a high grade. Now, Sean Payton, to his credit, did say they were taking Patrick Mahomes. If the Chiefs did not take him, they were taking him. And he said that. Uh, I haven't heard any other team say, you know what? We had a really high grade on uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, you have teams now that talk about Russell Wilson. Oh, you know, we were going to take him. Oh, we had him high on the book. Everybody passed on him a couple times through. So you weren't that high on him. If you were, you would have done what the Packers did with Jordan Love. Imagine that. Jordan Love is not ready to play. Now, people looked at Russell Wilson as a backup quarterback. He was going to be like Tavares Jackson. We just don't know. He's, he was compared to Seneca Wallace. That's why when it comes to quarterback play, I don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. Because I've had people in Wisconsin say, you might be eating your words on Jordan Love. 
That's okay. I, I, I don't know how good he is. So if I'm eating my words, it's don't take Jordan Love now. He doesn't help you now unless you don't think this team is truly a 13-win team, which they clearly don't. The over-under is nine for the Packers. You're taking Jordan Love. You've never taken a wide receiver in the first round. A draft that was full of wide receivers. You didn't get one. Prior to the draft, I said on the show, there's enough wide receivers that every team will get one. Well, guess who didn't? Green Bay. And I think they rely on Aaron too much, or they have, to make something happen. You're Aaron Rodgers. Go out there and make something happen. We're going to spend our draft picks on other things. Well, defense wasn't any good last year against San Francisco 49ers, right? And that's the style you want to try to emulate. And you're not going to be as good as the 49ers anytime soon. With their offense and their defense, you're not going to be as good as them. Your quarterback play is better than their quarterback play. But they got better skill position players. Had a great draft, brought in a tackle. Trent Williams, going to start for him, left tackle. If that's who you're measuring yourself against, you didn't do a good job in the offseason. And if this is a long-term play, all right, three years. When's the last time a quarterback waited three years to start? Aaron Rodgers? I don't even know if Phillip Rivers waited three years. I think maybe it was two. Carson Palmer waited one year. He sat behind John Kitna. And Kitna was 8-8 eight and eight that year. And I remember Peter King mentioning him for MVP that year with what he did with that team. Yeah, Paul. You're right. Phil Rivers started uh, first two years on the bench. He was 25 when he made his first start. <laughs> Can you imagine that now? Oh, it'd be un- unheard of. But Joe Burrow's 23. Th- this is why... The scouts love Trevor Lawrence. Now, first of all, it's what you can't have, and you always love what you can't have. And he's a better prospect because we haven't seen his ceiling. We saw Joe Burrow's ceiling. This goes back to the Deshaun Watson question. Does he need to show you anything else? And apparently, Deshaun Watson didn't show NFL teams enough because he fell in the draft. Joe Burrow, high ceiling, the highest ceiling that we've ever seen with a college football quarterback what the numbers were. Nobody, nobody has come close to something like that. All right. Now he goes into the NFL. He's three years older, I believe, than Trevor Lawrence. The scouts are looking at this and saying, Trevor Lawrence is this good at this age. Joe Burrow is this good at this age. Will Trevor Lawrence be better than Joe Burrow at age 23? And that's what you're banking on. Like scouts look at Joe Burrow and say, "Yeah, he's going to be a, he'll be he has potential to be a good quarterback." That was the quote I got yesterday. He can be a good quarterback. I said, "Wait, wait, wait. What what about the Brady with athleticism comparisons here?" And he goes, "I didn't say it." And I said, "Well, Rick Neuheisel said he's Brady with athleticism." And the scout goes, "I respect Rick Neuheisel. Joe Burrow has a chance to be a good quarterback. Trevor Lawrence has a chance to be a Hall of Fame quarterback." And I went, okay. I'm going to have to be convinced there. He looks like a franchise quarterback. He looks like the sure thing, just like Andrew Luck. When you watch Trevor Lawrence, and maybe I look at it differently, if I was going to have a movie and I needed to have a quarterback or you know, an actor play a quarterback, he would look like Trevor Lawrence. 
Like if, if Beverly Hills 90210 had a football team, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence would be my quarterback. Have even, the flowing hair. Even the name. Yeah. Trevor. And they'd call him Trev or TL. Yes, McLovin. But what else is Trevor Lawrence supposed to do? He's having the best college career of all time. I mean, he won as a freshman. He got the title game as a sophomore. It's unbelievable. I mean, He's not having a better college career than Tim Tebow did. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Well, if he continues on this pace. I mean, he's better, but he's not having a better career. Right. He doesn't put up the numbers of those guys, but success-wise, he's been way up there. Well, he plays in the ACC. Come on. Give me a break That's here. helped a lot. Yes. But he got the, we beat, killed Alabama in the national title game. I know. Game. He did. And then he got killed against LSU. All these quarterbacks, Tua had the best rating in the history of the sport. Like Now everyone in offense is putting up huge numbers. I can't tell. Why are you yelling at me? He said Trevor Lawrence, Pat. <laughs> You're probably going to. Did you find the Vegas odds of Trevor Lawrence being the number one? No, pick? Like I, this is I, such. I, this was a gift I gave you for all the dedication, <laughs> all the times that you took a shower, shame, a wheel of punishment. I, I gave you a gift, McLovin. But Justin Fields is great. He, I heard Kuiper say the other day that he might pass Lawrence. I don't know if he is. I, I don't. I don't know if he is. He looks like he's he's better than Dwayne Haskins. If, if I'm going to gauge it, well, okay, is he better than the quarterback he replaced? I think he's going to be better than Dwayne Haskins. So, you know, he's more athletic. You know, he runs with the football. I mean, Trevor Lawrence fits the profile. He checks the box for everything that they want. Oh, he's a tall quarterback. He's athletic. Big arm. Leader. You know, he's got it all. Yeah, McLevin. Would you put Justin Fields in the same category where he might sit out then because of the same situation that Trevor Lawrence, if they push the football back to the spring? I don't know. You know, if, if I look at this, if I'm a GM and I look at a quarterback who wants to shut it down, let's say we have spring football and, and you know, are you going to run the risk of getting hurt or, you know, the draft will be coming up? You don't want to see a quarterback shut it down. I can understand when Bosa did this. I can understand when McCaffrey did this. Did Fournette do this as well, where they decided that they were Fournette skipped the bowl game and uh, McCaffrey skipped the bowl game. Yeah. I, and I get it. I, at, at those positions, I get it. I wouldn't want my quarterback to shut it down. If, if I'm going to look at drafting a quarterback, I wouldn't want to look at him and go, yeah, but he kind of quit on his team. So I'm guessing Trevor Lawrence is going to play. I'm going to guess Justin Fields is going to play as well. I saw an article about Leonard Fournette. This was, uh, um, it was a blog about Leonard Fournette. The Draft Network talked about Leonard Fournette and that he's not a bad football player. It's just because two of his three seasons, he's had over 1,000 yards rushing. But his impact as a runner is not something that should have been taken in the top 10, especially given Jacksonville's quarterbacking problems. So they missed on these quarterbacks as well. And they took Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's missed 16 games the last three years as well. But, you know, he's taken fourth overall. If Leonard Fournette is taken in the second round, we're looking at this him completely different. Man, it'd be like, what a steal they got. Alvin Kamara is great because he went in the, what, third round? Kareem Hunt, because where you drafted him. The Jags chose not to exercise the fifth-year option. Well, you have these expectations when you go thirty or you go fourth instead of thirty-fourth. 
Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt drafted beyond where Jacksonville picked at the top of day two. No. You know, you just start to look at this and Leonard Fournette, you know, at that position, you d- nobody's going to be using a top 10 pick on a running back. I can't imagine anytime soon. If, if you were redrafting, Christian McCaffrey is probably not taken in the top 10. Is Saquon Barkley taken number two overall by the Giants? Probably not. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you say that, but every three or four <laughs> years, there's that guy who bowls people over and there's like, you can't believe what he does, and you assume he's going to do the exact same thing. Reggie Bush, you think he's going to do the exact same thing, Saquon Barkley, and they can't do that because the pros aren't set up for that. And, and you just fall in love and you use a top 10 pick. It's a different game. It used to be that those running backs, that's what you wanted. You needed those running backs. Now you don't. I mean, Fournette became more valuable because what did he catch, 70 passes last year? I mean, that's a good season. But for the fourth pick overall, he doesn't make Jacksonville better. Right? And Nick Chubb is just as valuable, if not more so, than Leonard Fournette because of where you drafted him. That's the key. When you, when you, and you didn't exercise the fifth year option, that tells you everything you need to know about a player. He's a bust from the standpoint of you took him fourth overall. Even though he's had production, you're not even going to keep him for a fifth year which you would want to keep somebody for the fifth year, in my opinion, run him as much as you can, and then you move on to your next running back. Yeah, Paul. Nick Chubb is going to cost the Browns $4 million over four seasons, and he's one of the best running backs in football. He's basically almost free. I love Nick Chubb. And there were times when I said, well, you guys stop trying to force the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. the third. Give it to Nick Chubb. Help out Baker Mayfield here. No, we got to keep forcing the ball in there. We gotta, we're going to get it to Odell. What is Nick Chubb average per carry, Paul? In, in two seasons, he's averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Damn. He's the big, his, he and Derrick Henry are the best breakaway backs in the league. And where did Derrick Henry go in the draft? Is he late first round, McLovin? I he was second, second round. Second round, okay. I believe. Yeah. But Nick Chubb doesn't win. I don't know why. He's amazing, but they can't. Why is it that... Even the good running backs aren't really high winners. Well, that might be how he's used. Yeah. I, be, because you have Nick Chubb, now I, I'm able to go draft. You know, I can use Miles Garrett, get Miles Garrett. I, I can get these guys, get an offensive lineman. I mean, I don't put the Browns <laughs> win or lose on Nick Chubb. I put that I on understand. the coaching staff and the quarterback play. Yeah, McLevin. I don't understand with all that skill, position, talent, how they didn't win more last year. I mean, I'm totally, this is partly fan speaking, but it, they look so good on paper. But you had a coach who shouldn't have been the head coach. And you had Baker who was doing all these commercials, and now you got to live up to the hype here. I got Odell Beckham who wants his touches. Jarvis Landry wants his touches. Like, it's a recipe for disaster. You need to have an all-in mentality there. And that means if Odell Beckham gets 55 catches... Hopefully he does damage with most of those catches or Jarvis Landry. But you have to say this is who we this is what we are. We we have to you know shrink this playbook a little bit, be a little more conservative so Baker is not trying to make the home run play every every single play. And I think they got into that. Like you're watching and he was staring down Odell Beckham and I kept thinking this is where these other guys step up or you can utilize them. 
I just thought the offense was never in sync. And you do have as much talent as anybody there. I got two running backs. It feels like if you're going to have a running style, like that would be a team that could have a running style. It's just Odell Beckham is there as great as he is, as talented as he is. He would not be the guy I want with Baker Mayfield. I need a guy who will help him. And it doesn't feel like Odell Beckham is that way. You know, he, he's a star. He wants to be featured as a star. I don't know if Baker is capable of doing that with him without upsetting everybody, you know, the rest of the offense there. But that's why you got a new head coach there. And Baker Mayfield is on the clock in Cleveland this year because we got to find out if he's the rookie Baker Mayfield or the second year Baker Mayfield. Because if it's the latter, then all of a sudden Cleveland is going to be interested in a quarterback. 22 after the hour. Phone calls are coming up. Take a break here. We'll check in with the Iowa head coach, Kirk Ferentz. Sounds like he's bringing his team back on June 1st. We'll talk to him about all these different scenarios with college football a little bit later on. Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Check things all the time. Email, Instagram. Check something important. Check your credit. Discover makes it quick and easy. When's the last time you did check your, your credit? Paulie, when's the last time you checked your credit? In all seriousness, last night. I get, I get alerts. They, they send these... They send alerts right to you. Did you you get an alert that I was going to ask you about your credit today? Yes, that's how good they are. If you work on a radio show, they'll give you alerts. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Saw where Jadavion Clowney, probably not going back to Seattle, Goes back to the draft where we wondered at the time, could he live up to that hit that he had on the Michigan running back? Vincent Smith. Yeah. Was that the Outback Bowl? Yes. He had that incredible tackle. And everybody fell in love with Jadavion Clowney. And we had heard a lot about him at South Carolina. Plus, you know, he had the the single-digit number that we loved. You know, big recruit there for uh, Steve Spurrier. He hasn't lived up to that hit in the Outback Bowl. Now, he's a good player. What struck me, as I said to Paulie, Jadavion Clowney looks like a freak of nature. But he hasn't had 10 sacks in a season, which I find incredible. I thought he was going to be like, remember the Titans had the freak? Javon Javon Curse. Curse. I thought, wow, if they get somebody like that, if he's anywhere near Javon Curse, how good would that be? Yeah, Paul. I, I guess this would be a question for everybody. I was looking back at the number one draft picks, and the guys who I think we would have thought, they're going to the Hall of Fame. I think Clowney would have been a guy you'd had a week's pay who was going to the Hall of Fame someday. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck would have, and things yes. have changed. But if you look at the number one overall draft picks of the past 20 years, the only one going to the Hall of Fame is probably Eli Manning, going all the way back to 04. There's lots of names. You know, you know, Jared Goff's got a long way to go, but... You know, Cam Newton, Sam Bradford, Matt Stafford, maybe. Jake Long, nope. Jamarcus Russell, nope. Mario Williams, nope. Alex Smith, no. Then you go to Eli Manning in 04. And even he is a debate. Well, McLevin sent me a list here of the most recruited players. This is, what's the time frame here, Andy? Okay, this is old. This is from 2011. So it misses the last decade. Okay. It's amazing, though. You want Guess to clear who number throat? three. Sorry. Okay. Guess who the second? There are three quarterbacks at the top. You will never guess who they are. These All are the mo- most recruited. 
the 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 highest recruited yes out of high school so so coverage out of high school is what we're talking about exactly okay um 2011 i'm gonna say matt barkley is in there he's eight Oh, this is a... Two come from one of the favorite teams of two Danettes. Um, Notre Dame. Oh. Wow, I just peaked. Is Terrell Pryor on there? Yes, he's high, but he's not top three. Okay. He's very high. He's like nine. Okay, so Notre Dame has two quarterbacks on there? Yes. All right. It's a little unfair because this is old, but you'll remember these guys coming out of coming out of high school. Wait, wait, this wasn't the guy who uh, Bino Bino Cook said would win two Heismans, Ron, Ron Paul- Paulus. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was unfair to that kid. But but he was very hot as a freshman. Oh. He was one of those guys. I can remember Musburger saying Take a good look at this kid because the NFL is going to want him. But didn't they make him into a running back? No, you're thinking the kid who went to quarterback Dan Kendra. He went to oh, FSU. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was a high-end. This yeah. is my wheelhouse, by the way, 80s, 90s, college football. <laughs> Dan Kendra was a big Florida State recruit, and they made him a fullback later in his career. There you go. Possibly um, shooting guard at Duke, too, right? Pey- Peyton Manning on the list? He's five. Another Notre Dame quarterback is high up. One that Mel Kuyper was oh Jimmy oh Jimmy Clausen Jimmy number Clawson. two I don't remember that was he a big yeah recruit? that was a big deal that was a big deal and then who's the number one most number three no 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 it goes oh. Palace Clausen number three is a great friend of the show little pedigree his dad was an NFL quarterback oh Chris Sims yeah okay. Chris was uh, there was a he battle was going to Tennessee. Yeah, big battle, a lot of coverage about that one. Who else is on that list? These are the most hyped players, or the most highly recruited players, and Jadavion Clowney's on that list, correct? Yeah. So this came out in 2011, oh, okay. and at that time he was uh, like number seven on there. But you nailed Terrell Pryor was on there. Um, Matt Barkley was on there. I don't remember Matt Barkley was a huge deal for USC. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't was he uh, modern day or was he uh, Bayless? Bayless uh, let's see, uh, Matt Barkley. Yeah, modern day. Oh. And then there was uh, Lorenzo Booker, who was a Florida State running back. I don't I remember him as a player. Booker was a big deal because when we were back at ESPN, he was one of the first guys, maybe the first guy who declared with three hats on live TV on ESPN News. And he declared for Florida State. And that wasn't happening back then. He kind of invented it with ESPN. Two others, Tim Couch and also uh, um, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, that seems like he would have been big, right? I don't remember. You know, it's it's usually the quarterback. I don't remember how good. I remember watching Matt Barkley when he was in high school. Now, I would watch those Friday night games. And I remember just what a big deal he was back then. But then usually anybody going to USC back then, you know, it was a big deal. Fournette was a big deal. Um, Marshall Falk was a big deal. Yeah, there were certain guys where you go, man, that guy, he can't miss. That guy's unbelievable. Remember the guy who went to Kansas 
he was a quarterback. His name was Bubba. Bubba oh, Sterling. he went to baseball. Yes, yeah. and and I remember reading an article that he was either going to play football at Kansas or play baseball. Is he still playing baseball? Did he end up at yeah. Nebraska? Bubba Starling? Yeah, but he never went. He's a royal. He was in the fifth pick in the draft. I think he's still in baseball and still with a possibility to become okay. He never did play football. Oh, so he wasn't going to – was he from Kansas but going to Nebraska? Is that what it was? But I remember that was one of those. He was a Tim Tebow-like. Yeah, but the money in baseball seemed better, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you can make it, absolutely. All right, we'll uh, get some phone calls in here. Uh, every time I see the, the uh, new episodes coming up with The Last Dance with Jordan, they start the trailer, the promo, I'm on SportsCenter. And it's so weird where sometimes I'll be looking up on the TV and I'll see myself and I'll go, wait, what am I doing? Oh, that's like 20 years 25 years ago. Hair looked pretty good. You know, a lot of airtime this week. They've run his promos 18 times I know, an hour. I know. Yes, Todd. Uh, last Sunday night, I heard your voice several times. Are they going out of your way, their way to not to show you? They put Bill Patrick's face up there during Sports Center and several others. But there was at least three or four times when I heard your voice. And I went to my wife and son and said, that, That's Dan. You know, just a, a younger, higher-pitched version of Dan. Like, I don't understand why they could just show you for a second. I don't know if we need to do the high-pitch stuff. I mean, <laughs> wow. Like, where, where did that come Todd from? Todd hasn't talked in two hours. <laughs> I mean, like a younger voice. That's you know, that's the, what I meant by higher pitch. Hi, not, hi. Not, a, not a bad sounding voice. You wouldn't have made it to sports center if there was something strange with your voice. Just a younger-sounding Dan Patrick. But yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. know why they couldn't put you on there. Yeah. Who's high pitch? Yes, it was a different era in media. It's okay. Yeah, but you could phrase it, Fritzy, like youthful and velvety. I mean, there's a way. To I could have say. chosen a better word. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't I, it meant, to, meant to be a shock. I didn't have a high pitch. Buttery back then. and fresh. I guess high pitch pie isn't the best word to use. I didn't realize you get offended so quickly. I thought I'm the sensitive one. I think that a more were, younger sounding voice. You were still finding the uh, radio voice that we've now all hey, come to know and love. You seem bailing me out. I appreciate it. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> if I say you you look husky. Is that you taking a shot right now at me? Or no, I'm just saying, is that, a, is that a compliment? And it would not be a compliment. Okay. Probably better off saying, you know, you, couldn't, uh, you could lose a few or something like that. That's probably a more gentle way of saying it. But and it brings you, back bad memories because when I was a kid, I went to a jean store and they had Slim and Husky with the actual <laughs> names of the two uh, divisions of the pants. I'm going to start calling you Butch Husky. <laughs> former Husky. New York never, I'll, I'll, <laughs> never forget Lori Green, Greenblatt walking around on the girl side and she's and I said hi to her and there she sees me as my mom picks up the Husky pants <laughs> and has me go into change when it was just like a little napkin on a string was basically the curtain that gave you the privacy while you're changing and your little uh, little underwear, your underoos are sticking out and there's just zero privacy. Trying on the old Husky 34s. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. A couple of phone calls in here. Caleb in North Carolina. Hey, Caleb, what do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. First time, long time. 65250. And I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on with college budgets getting cut. Do you think we'll see a change to more uh, regional conferences throughout the Power Five and the Group of Five? I really don't know, Caleb. Like this is, and thanks for the phone call. It, it just feels like the longer this goes, the less I know about what college football, college sports is going to resemble. You had all those sports that were canceled in the spring, but then inviting those athletes if they want to come back and try to do it again next spring. We don't even know what next spring is going to look like. 
Is college football going to start on time? Probably not. Are we going to have fans in the stands? Probably not. Are we going to have 10 games instead of 12 or 13? Probably so. I just don't know. Can kids go to school if there is no school? Can you be on campus? What if Vanderbilt says, we're not going to have classes uh, on campus? And then Georgia says, we are. And Alabama says, we are. What if Northwestern says, look, football is not paramount here. We're not going to be playing football. We, we're not going to be traveling. Students aren't going to be on campus. What if Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State say, well, we are. It's, it's the wild, wild west. Or at least it has the potential to be the wild, wild west. And I just don't know. And I don't know if anybody knows. I hope Kirk Ferentz knows something. The Iowa head coach will join us coming up uh, next hour. Yeah, Paul. There's something in me as a hardcore college football fan that would love to see them, or not love to see them, but if it happens that the season gets pushed back, let's say six weeks, can you imagine the college football being played in the winter in some of these local states, you know, Minnesota and different places? It would be fascinating to see if they delved into February with the playoffs. But we don't even know about the NFL. You have the schedules being released tonight. And I said this in the first hour, and, and I'll remind you about this. This is wishful scheduling because we don't know what the first month of the season is going to be like. Will, will we have a first month of the season? Will we have 12 games? And, and when they started to look at the schedule, I, I, I don't have confirmation on this, but I have asked and I have somebody looking into this. Is there a 16-game, 14-game, and 12-game schedule that they have in place? And, and I believe that that's going to be the case. Just the contingency plans. The California teams might have to... The, the San Francisco 49ers might be sharing Mile High Stadium with the Broncos. You know, there, maybe we have another team in, in Vegas with the Raiders. Maybe there's going to be, a, you know, a team that will play in Arizona sharing a stadium with the Cardinals. I, these are contingency plans. And I think it's real. Yes, Eden. I've never been more excited about the schedule release, though. I can tell you that. I, I never, I, I usually ignore it. I'm like, ah, whatever. They'll just figure out who's playing. But th- man, this year, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Get the popcorn out. Uh, Matt in South Carolina. Hi, Matt. What do you have for me today? Hey, what's up, DP? Uh, Colin, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, McLovin hit the nail on the head with this one because he is absolutely can't miss. Like, a lot of people think he digressed, which, like, if you just look at film, he probably did. But by numbers, he didn't. Like, he set the bar for himself so high his freshman year um, that his numbers his second year were actually a little bit better. Uh, Pretty much the same, a little bit better with just a few more picks. His numbers last year were actually better than Deshaun Watson's were the year Deshaun came in second in the Heisman. Mm. So, McLovin, keep carrying that sword. Um, I wish you could pull a little bit more recent recruiting rankings probably no other radio show doing deep dive into highly recruited 2011 players but that's a shot there that's a shot there by matt and uh well done well done yes mclovin I don't think it's really a hot take to jump on the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon by me, by the way. That was kind of a layup. Yeah, I know. I also like liked, uh, Joe Burrow in Tua Tagovailoa, by the way. Yeah. It, it, it's good that you're carrying the sword for uh, Trevor Lawrence because nobody else is. Yes. Right. That's the because uh, I called it. I called it. I mean, I told you guys that Trevor was going to be great. Hey, remember <laughs> I told you he was going to overcome that sophomore year? I told you that. 
Hey, nobody you know else did. I like? Dan, you know who I like? I'm hearing good things about Aaron Donald in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. watch him. Hey, might go middle, mid-round. Yeah, he's a sleeper. We love in this position. We love to say we told you. Now, we rarely say, hey, sorry to admit this, but I told you. Uh, but yeah, there are times when you go, I can't. Hey, I, I told you. I remember. That's yes. like the most uh, baffling question in all of sports media is, hey, can you name one that you missed on? Ooh, uh, <laughs> oh, I did. Geez, I, think... I got to go back. Uh, I'll, I'll take a break. I'll tell you. <laughs> this was now Polly chronicles these things. I've got a whole chart over here. Exactly. I um, I have my my worst whiff, the whiff, and I'll have that for you coming up. You guys can try to guess my worst whiff. That's up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Oh, this should be painful. I love to tell you all the times I got things right. Sometimes I conveniently leave out when I got something wrong. My biggest whiff on the show, making a prediction. Now, if you want to do college to pro, who was going to be good or not good? Yeah, Paulie? Basketball or football? It, or, or do you have one of each? I don't. I have one whiff that is, is pretty glaring. And, uh, yeah, I... Does anybody have a guess on my biggest? Well, it may not be my my biggest whiff. I'm not sure, but I know that I whiffed on on this this call. Yeah, McLevin. I have a couple whiffs that I know you made, but they weren't bad. Okay. I, mean, I mean, we don't have to rub EJ Manuel. But you were well, right. I, you I, said, I, I like. I said EJ Manuel was going to be a first round pick, and so I nailed that. I loved his personality. Yeah. I didn't know if he'd be any good. I yeah. said I I loved his personality. Be a first round pick. So I I, I won't. I won't take a, a cold third on that one. No, no, no. The other one that jumps to mind is, and I think it was you who's excited one day about Logan Thomas. Yes, out of that's Virginia it. Tech. That's my whiff. Get out of here. That, that's my whiff. No, no, McLevin, I said he was going to win the Heisman. <laughs> you did. Yes, I did. I know. I, said, I stole that take from you, too. I said Virginia Tech will go undefeated and Logan <laughs> Thomas will win the Heisman. You're all in the pool. Oh, Circa 2012-2013, Logan Thomas, 6'6", 245, yeah. awesome quarterback at Virginia Tech. He didn't throw a lot of touchdowns <laughs> compared to his interceptions. He ended up becoming a tight end in the NFL. Yeah, I know. I thought that due to injuries, he was going to get a start at quarterback, and he almost did. And I thought, maybe I'll salvage this. But I said he was going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He almost became a starter one game. Uh, yes, Eaton. I have somebody that I thought was going to be was not going to be good in the NBA, uh, and has turned out to be phenomenal. <laughs> I couldn't have been more wrong. But I remember we had this person in studio, and I was like, "No way, that dude's making it." Who was it? Andrew. Oh, that young. Trey Young. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm way, way, right with you. No way that dude's going to play well at the next level. And, I, I uh, had another whiff where I thought OJ Mayo was a better, going to be a better pro than Kevin Love. <laughs> and I said, man, I'd, I'd see him. His, his ceiling is going to be like 15 and eight. 
And I remember when they made that draft day deal and Paulie and I were discussing it and who got the better end of the deal. And I thought OJ Mayo was going to be a better pro than Kevin Love. I whiffed on that one as well. Yeah, Paulie. I watched a couple Arizona State games in his college career. He didn't play long there. I didn't see James Harden. I thought he was a gunner with not much else, which... He is. Yeah, but I didn't see the high end. And and even when he was early in his career with Oklahoma, I thought he was kind of a guy who's going to be, a, if you go way back, like a Vinnie Johnson who can come off the bench and be a spurt offense guy. I never saw it. I thought he was just going to be a heavy guy that wasn't going to be able to play in the NBA. I mean, I just remember, there's certain guys where you watch and you go, I don't know how they're doing it, but they score when they want to. And that was always the thought when I watched Harden because I have friends who uh, went to Arizona State. They'd be like, we got a pro here. And I go, all right. And they would tell me about James Harden. And then I would watch and I go, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's a pro. It's almost like you're watching Patrick Mahomes where you go, I'm interesting, but I don't know if it translates into the NFL. Yeah, Paul. I can remember specifically watching Chris Paul at Wake Forest. I'm like, this guy's not that quick. And he doesn't jump at all, really. Yeah. And he's not overtly strong. I didn't see anything special about his game. I thought, I thought he was going to be one of those nice bounce-around point guards. I, I didn't see Chris Paul. Well, the same thing with Steve Nash. I remember his agent said, you're sleeping on Steve Nash. I go, he played at Santa Clara. I think Bill Duffy was his agent. And I remember going, there's no way this guy can play in the NBA. Like he's he got an interesting haircut and uh, it looks like he weighs about 170 pounds, but he was going to be a bench player. And all of a sudden, when I went to the All-Star Weekend in New York and the number of players who came up to Steve Nash, all the star players, they loved Steve Nash because they wanted to play with Steve Nash. Yes, yeah, you know who I thought was going to be a thing, uh, but has pretty much seems like disappeared. Jeremy Lamb. I thought Jeremy Lamb was going to be a good player. Mm, UConn? Yeah. yeah. I think he went, he went mm, I don't know if he went top 10 or not, maybe 12, something like that. But man, I thought he was going to be good. Yeah, McLovin. I got a couple good ones. Tyler Bray out of Tennessee, the quarterback, and Ryan Mallett, the Michigan <laughs> quarterback. Not so much. Well, Ryan Mallett, the Michigan quarterback, might have been better than Ryan Mallett, the Arkansas quarterback. I don't know. Right. No. Rich Rodriguez? Yeah, Paul. No time for Tate Forcier, Denard Robinson oh, for Michigan? Oh, man. Oh, final hour coming up. Kirk Ferentz, the Iowa head coach, going to join us. More of your phone calls as well. Seton Pauly, Fritzy McLovin, yours truly. This is the Dan Patrick Show.